0: Hello, and welcome to Healing Trauma Mamas. I'm your host, Madon Wingo. Thank you for joining us as we share in our stories and experiences of healing from childhood traumas and birth traumas. Listen as we discuss our struggles, our failures, our strengths, and our victories, and all those lessons we've learned along the way. Welcome to the Healing Trauma Mamas podcast. Today I have a special guest Haley is joining us Um, she actually is from Texas and uh, I'm so thankful she got uh, to come on the podcast with us today Haley would you mind introducing
1: yourself yeah so my name is Haley Graham and like you said I live here in Texas um and I guess mainly what we're going to be talking about is the birth of my second child, Ben, um, and I'm really excited because it was my first natural birth, um, and I'm just kind of excited to share his story and and everything that we went through and how um, and how God just really worked in in his life. So um, my first child, Abby, I had when I was in my early 20s, and um, so that's been been almost ten years ago, mm-hmm. and so I would say uh, my pregnancy with her was pretty uneventful. Whereas uh, with Ben, um, I probably had more struggles. Nothing really traumatic. Um, I did have a lot of trouble with my pelvis in that third trimester. He kept he just wanted to camp out on my right side, and he kept trying to rotate my pelvis, which made it pretty painful. Um, but by the time we got to the actual birth, everything went really well. Um, and with uh, my daughter, Abby, I'd had her in the hospital and it was not a good experience at all. And so sort of my approach when it came to natural birth, I, I almost thought anything can be better than what I had oh, in the man. hospital. Yeah. Sometimes and, for sure. <sighs> yeah. And What type and of anything.
0: trouble did you have
1: in the hospital? If you don't mind me asking. So I, I think one of the main things is I went in sort of blind um, i I had no idea that you can actually have a voice with mm. your childbirth. Mm-hmm. you know even even in the hospital, you know, you can say, no, I don't want this or I do want this. you know, and so I allowed myself to sort of be bullied around. Um, i I went in there um, i I had decided long ago that I didn't want an epidural. and the nurses kept trying to, forced me to get one it was very strange which i don't even think legally they were supposed to do because you have to like watch a video and sign some paperwork and things like that Um, but they kept saying you know don't you want an epidural don't you want an epidural we can wheel a tv in here for you Uh, It just it was crazy and so there was that frustration um they wouldn't let me get up and go to the bathroom um, the nurse would say, no, you can't go to the bathroom. You might have your baby in the toilet. Um, uh, just all kinds wow. of stuff like that. Um, yeah, they do there not was... come that
0: fast, <laughs> especially no, first time no.
1: mamas. Yeah. that I was in labor by the time I got to the hospital until the time I had her, I was in labor for 13 hours. And there was points where I just wanted to turn the lights off and rest but, you know, they have you hooked up to all the monitors and things in the mm-hmm. hospital. And so every time I'd have a contraction, everyone would rush in, they'd flip on all the lights, um where it just made it almost impossible to rest. Um, they were checking me every hour, which was really painful. Um, it, you know, I mean that's oh, not yeah. a pleasant thing that should be For checked. Sure. Um, and so the whole thing was just a mess, you know, and then of course, you know, I had it, I had her in the bed. Um, I tore, I think I had a second degree tear. It was just, it was just a mess. I mean, oh, I, s- I still had a, a relatively unmedicated natural birth, but it was, it was just so frustrating. And even, even as they wheeled me out of labor and delivery, a nurse said to me, now don't you wish you'd have that epidural? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and I said, I said no. It's over. Yeah, <laughs> I don't wish Goodness. I had gone back. So, oh. so with this, so when I you know decided to have a natural birth, um, it was it was just a completely different experience, you know. Obviously, so you decided birth, to
0: go a different route this time, and and just forego the hospital completely.
1: Yes, and um, it, sort of ironically, one of the main drivers was um, COVID was because Mm -hmm. COVID restrictions were so severe and I wanted to be able to have who I wanted at my birth. I wanted my husband, I wanted my daughter, I wanted my mom, you know, and, you know, any other family members that I wanted to, you know, if they wanted to come and see the baby as soon as it was born, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I wanted all that freedom. And I thought, you know, I already had um, an unmedicated birth in the hospital. Why don't I just go all the way? Why don't I just have a full-on natural birth? There you go. And so, um, and and I was really, you know, happy with it. I was excited um, about the idea of a water birth, um, Mm -hmm. you know, as a means of um, sort of pain management, you know, to take the hot bath and everything like that, which is what uh, seems like most moms want to do when they get in there. It's very comforting. It helps a lot. It helps bring down,
0: uh, you kind of get to a certain point when you're out of the water of just like, this is a lot. And then when you finally get in that water, it just feels so much
1: better. You get some relief. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. And then, you know, by the time I got to the birthing center to the time I had him, I think I was only in labor five hours. Um,
0: yeah,
1: you did amazing. So, so I guess yeah. we should clarify for the listeners that I was there,
0: <laughs> right?
1: <You laughs> because we're, we're going to talking
0: about that. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I, I did get to help with that as a student. So I'm very thankful for that, but probably, I mean, let, I mean, you know, you had no complications. There was, there was nothing no. um, um, and everything had come out fine, all your scans, all your Um your blood work, um your GBS, everything was great. Like we didn't have any concerns. Yeah, everything was wonderful and it was a beautiful birth, and he did amazing afterwards.
1: Yeah, he was he was healthy. There was there was no problems whatsoever. And so I, I went to bed and I had a bassinet right beside me in the bed and I swaddled him and put him in the bassinet. So he was he was supposed to be to he was supposed to sleep four to six hours and it just wasn't happening he was just unsettled pretty much as soon as we got home or, or i would say within the first couple hours and um my mom was staying with us to help out um and uh, she was telling me you know something's just not right with him i can't put my finger on it i think he, he's breathing funny um so we got in contact with my midwife um kind of communicated my concerns to her. She had me take a video to see if he had the I still can't remember what you called it with the chest, the retractions, right? Um, mm-hmm. chest retractions. Mm-hmm. Um and um she didn't think it was. And so um she told me to uh send James to the store to get some formula because he hadn't been nursing. Mm-hmm. And so he did that um came back and he still, he still was not really eating. He, he, you know, would take like a couple swigs of the formula and was just kind of genuinely unhappy. Um, and, um, I mean, I guess just to make a, a long story short there, just kind of as the hours went on, he, he just kind of got worse. So he would, um, he was just not really eating. He was just unhappy. He was crying a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, my mom just kept saying, "She's like yeah, something, something is not right." You know, she had the instinct; she had all the mom instinct. She's like, "Something is just not right with them." Um, I, this just doesn't seem normal. And I thought, well, you know, sometimes babies just cry. You know, they you, do you hear of that. Sometimes newborns just cry for no reason. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, maybe we just got one of the crying babies. You know, my my daughter wasn't like that, but. I thought well, this this may be what it is, um, and uh, my midwife told me to um, do a lot of skin to skin with him, and so I did. Um, I would lay around in the recliner with him, and um, and then we got around to that that first night. Um, because like I said I'd given birth at like six a.m. that morning, we'd gone all day, and then um, mm-hmm. that by the time I went to that night, he was still just not okay. Um and so I told my mom I said I'm just going to I was scared to kind of put him in the bed with me. Um mm-hmm. and so I said, you know, I'm going to I'm going to sit on the couch and kind of like re- recline and just lay him on my chest through the night. Um you know, just give him skin to skin all night sure. long. Sure. Yeah. And so that's that's what we did and he would he would um he would sleep for a little while. And then all of a sudden, his eyes would just pop open, and you know, like if you were surprised by something. And then he would just scream mm. and start crying. And so and then I, I would comfort him, and we just kind of did that on and off all night. Well, by the time the morning rolled around, he was crying pretty much constantly. Mm. Um, and we just – nothing could settle him. He wouldn't nurse. Um since it was my first day and I hadn't nursed before either that breastfeeding was a whole new adventure. Yeah. And, um, so I hadn't figured out how to work my pump. Um, and, uh, I, so I tried to, I tried to pump cause I thought maybe I would get a little bit of colostrum to give him mm-hmm. and that wasn't really working out well. Um, and so finally, um, it came time for like our first appointment, um And so we, we got him loaded up and, and the whole time he's just crying nonstop crying, put him in the car seat, put him in the car, um, get to the birthing center and he's just crying. Um, And then you, you were there, so you kind of know <laughs> um, what happened once we got there.
0: I'd love to and, hear your uh, words though, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um what, what I didn't realize was from the time we left the house to the time we got to the birthing center, um, he, I mean, what I didn't know at that time was that he was just not breathing well on his own. And so by the time we got to the birthing center, his color had changed. And um, I remember when we got there and I went to take him out of the car seat and James looked at him and said, he looks kind of gray, like his color doesn't look right. And... I, I said, well, maybe it's just the lighting, you know, um, you know, mm-hmm. I was frazzled and sleep deprived and, and I didn't even think too much about it. And, um, so he, he left me and Abby there and he said, um, he's like, well, I'm going to run down to Walmart while you're at your appointment. And then I'll come back and pick you guys up. So, um, um, uh, we got into the room and you and my midwife were there and, uh, she said, well, let's, you know, let's try to help you with this breastfeeding. You know, obviously he's starving more or less. And um, so we were kind of getting set up and um, uh, she was, she was trying to position him on my breast, and, and I remember she just stopped. And, um, and I think she said something like he's blue or um, something, made some kind of comment about how he it looked. It was something about his color. I don't remember yeah, exactly what it was. Yeah, about his color. And um, she just got him real quick and unbuttoned his onesie and, and looked at him and she, she's like, he's in respiratory distress. And then everything just started happening really fast. She was mm-hmm. like, I remember she was like, she hollered at you and she was like, get the oxygen, get the oxygen out and call 911. And, um, uh, you know, call ambulance. And uh, we went in there and she got him on the oxygen and then, you guys were on the phone and I'm just kind of standing there like what is happening right now what is going on I can't imagine what you felt
0: right then (laughs) what was going through your head
1: yeah it was it was so surreal you know I was just like I, I just couldn't understand what was happening um and uh so they called the ambulance, and it was almost like time kind of stood still for me. I I mm-hmm. don't even know how long we were there. I mean, it was probably minutes, um, before the EMTs got there. I and think then, we
0: recorded it, and it was something like seven minutes, somewhere around there.
1: Oh wow! Um, so like all of a sudden there was all these people in the room. There's EMTs and I think some firemen, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, the paramedics and, uh, come with paramedics, mm-hmm. and um so anyway, uh, they got us onto a gurney. They put me on a gurney and, um, put Ben in my lap. And then they gave me like the tiniest oxygen mask you've ever seen. And it was, he was so small, even that tiny, tiny oxygen mask. I still had to like hold it on his face to, to keep it on there. And, um, They wheeled us outside and put us up in there. I think that was the
0: one that we had because I don't think they had one small, I had never seen something like that happen. Usually if there's going to be any type of issues that happens at birth, it's not later um, like that. And really, I can't imagine what would have happened if you lived further away from town.
1: Well, and you know, unfortunately, she's right down the street from the hospital as yes, well. So, yes, yes.
0: Location. I mean, location, I mean to the hospital. Everything was just perfect for
1: that. Well, and her having the oxygen on hand as well. Mm-hmm. It was like, <laughs> you know, looking wonderful. back, you can realize like how close everything came to, you know, him for possibly sure. not making it. I mean, if well, we. Had,
0: What if James (laughs) had wanted to stop at the store beforehand instead of dropping you guys off and then going to the store and then coming back?
1: Yeah. I mean, just. There's so many
0: variables
1: that you can play. There's so many variables. And, you know, as we go through, you know, um, I I just see how God's hand was in everything. Just how everything fell into place kind of perfectly, like, absolutely. Yeah, Everybody say, there was, was really where living.
0: they were supposed to be at that time yeah. frame to help him
1: yeah, for there
0: sure. no room for any <laughs> variables. Yes, for sure. I mean, for, from the timing, from you getting to the birth center to the timing of your midwife, seeing what was going on to the timing of her calling nine one one and her getting that oxygen on him as soon. I mean, she was really fast on getting that oxygen on yeah. him. I was so she like, was wow. Honest. Yes, she was amazing. So I mean, it was just yeah, it w- it was all of the little pieces, and now and we're just talking about this just first part, of <laughs> right. the the whole ordeal event. This is the first realizing that there's a problem, and that we need to help Ben, and then getting him. Um, so you guys got got in the ambulance then, and they had a you had a little mask on him with oxygen, and and what did they have you do with him?
1: So. Um- I mean I basically just sat there on the gurney and held the oxygen on until we got to the emergency room. And um my midwife had already called the head. she had called um she called the NICU and mm-hmm. let them know what was going on. So the time we got to the emergency room, some the head nurse from the NICU actually met us there. Mm-hmm. Um and so she kind of um oversaw kind of like getting him stable and um when they you know they wheeled us into a room and i, I couldn't see what was going on there was just tons just a whole team of people in there um around him and i'm still i think you know just kind of in shock not even you know it's just not even real what's happening yeah i'm sure and um you know they probably talked to me i, I don't <laughs> i don't remember what they said um um but anyway I don't, I don't know how long I was there, but they got him stable. They put him, um, they put him on a CPAP, um, which is, um, you know, basically just like a a big face mask that kind of covers their, their whole nose and mouth. Um, and they, so they got him stable down there and then the head nurse told me, um, she said, okay, we're gonna take you guys up to the NICU. And they put me in a wheelchair because, I mean, I had just given birth, like, you know, probably 36 hours ago by this right, point. Right, right. Um, technically, I should have still been on bed rest. Yeah. Um, so while they're wheeling us up there, um, she's kind of having me tell her, you know, what has happened up to this point. Um, so they get us up to NICU. Um, and then it's kind of the same thing again. Like, they they wheel him into a room um, and they just immediately kind of get to work doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and uh, me and James talk about sometimes how that, that really that first day is there's just like big chunks of our memories missing, like where we just, we, we honestly don't even hardly know what happened. Um, I know I was there. <laughs> yeah. I and, know and I was there sitting terrified on a little couch mm-hmm. um, and it's just, you know, this whole team of nurses around him. And, uh, at some point, at some point in the day, a doctor came in and he said, um, he, he said that for sure that he had, that Ben had pulmonary hypertension, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, which I, I can't remember exactly what it meant, but it was something to the effect of, um, you know, his, his heart was just not helping the air get to his lungs hmm um and so he said we're i'm going to treat him um for that um with a gas um and i would say what it is but i don't want to say the wrong thing but so i'll That's just fine. say they, they were going to treat him with a gas and um he said well, we're going to we're going to run some tests because uh, pulmonary hypertension is usually caused by an infection and so he said we need to figure out what the infection was mm-hmm. and he said my um, I I think his first thought was that it was meningitis. Mm-hmm. And so, um, he, they sent us out of the room because to test for meningitis, they have to do a lumbar puncture, oh. um, which for those who don't know is, was where they, it's, it's almost like an epidural where they stick mm-hmm. a, a needle in at the base of the spine and they take out some spinal fluid. And they look at the color and then they also run some tests on it. They will grow some cultures and things like that. Um, and uh, they initially said, you know, that'll take a couple of days to get back. And we said, okay, so they sent us out and I'm so glad they didn't let us stay in there because I can't imagine because oh. um, they, um, they basically kind of opened up where his umbilical cord was mm-hmm. and they ran... Um, Feet, his feeding tube in there, um, and then they did the lumbar puncture, and they, they were in there a really long time. Yeah, I, I don't even know how long. I think we waited outside oh, for maybe two hours, um, and um, coming to find out, the reason why is because he was fighting them really hard. <laughs> they said, and um, which, you know, I'm glad he's a fighter, but it was making it right. so much hard on him for, for sure. them to do that lumbar puncture. And so, um, by this point, by the time they got all this done, it was like nine 30 or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and the nurse came out and she said, um, she said, it's going to take a couple of days to get the culture back. She said, I'm just going to tell you when we got this fluid out, it was green. And she said, I've never, she said, I've never seen spinal fluid green like that. Um, so she said, uh, she said, I just really think it's meningitis, which I didn't know what meningitis was. I, mm-hmm. I had heard of it, but I'm kind of glad at the time that I didn't understand how serious it was because mm-hmm. I think I would have just, <laughs> I don't know. I might've just had some sort of mental breakdown. For because sure. Because now I know that with bacterial meningitis with an infant, they can die within like 48 hours. Yeah. It's it's really serious. Very. Um. So when we went back into his room, um they I couldn't even get to him. They had blue lights over him, they had him kind of they had him wrapped up. Um, they had blinders on his eyes, they had cotton over his ears. Mm. Um, he was hooked up to so many things. He had this um, CPAP on. Um, and they told me that um to not touch him because he was hurting really mm. bad and so kind of it that that had to point, be so I, hard mom oh I yeah i mean kind of when i walked in and saw him like that i just i looked at jane and i said i i can't be here anymore mm. that i can't i can't see him like this i can't sit here and look at him and not be able to touch him he can't see us he can't hear us um and so um James he said, Okay, I'm just I'm gonna take you home. And so um we he looked at the head nurse and he said, I'm gonna take her home, you know, just call us if there's any changes at all. Mm -hmm. And so um we got home and that's kind of when everything hit me was to to come in and come into home to an empty nursery, you know and just to see, you know, his little things around the house. I mean, cause I mean, he, technically he had just been there that morning right. and, uh, that that's when it just hit me really hard. Um, and, uh, at some point after we got home, uh, the, the head nurse called us and she said, um, she confirmed that it was meningitis. Mm-hmm. She said, um, she said usually the culture takes a couple of days but she said the infection is so bad that that's just how rapidly the culture grew. Too. Yeah, it wow. just grew at light speed. And and again still I didn't I didn't really know what meningitis was. I think James immediately got on Google. Uh yeah. <laughs> <and started laughs> Googling it. Um which is not a great idea. No. <laughs> no, it's really not. Yeah. Um so you know, obviously that night, um, we didn't, we didn't sleep or anything. Um, uh, I'm kind of dozed on and off, I think. And then, um, soon as, I don't know, five or six o'clock I called mm-hmm. and, you know, asked him how he was, how, how he was through the night and everything. Um, and, and he was fine. They said that he was, um, he was still stable and kind of everything is as it was when we left the night before. So um, we kind of threw ourselves together and got out there to the hospital. And um sort of the first amazing thing that happened was when we got there, they had already taken down his oxygen 40%. Wow. And um, when we left the night before, it was at 100%. He was, I mean, he was almost on life support. Mm, I mean, he yeah. just... Uh, he just wasn't breathing on his own at all. Um, so when we walked in, we were really surprised. Um, and, uh, the doctor came in and he said that the the gas they were treating him with, that he just, he re- started responding to it almost immediately. Mm. And it was already, you know, helping the, the hypertension. And, um, so just a note about his doctor, um, this is one of the the things that I think is a gone thing. The doctor that he had, his name was Doctor Um, He he was not even a resident doctor um, at at our hospital. He was actually visiting from Cook's Hospital in Dallas. <laughs> um, he was there. He I think he said he would come in like once a month or once a quarter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would um he would be on call, but he would also be there to kind of teach others. And so wherever he would go, there would sort of be like this whole team of nurses following him around, taking notes. That's and stuff. great. <sighs> yeah. Um, and he was just fabulous. Um, I mean, he, he was just a wonderful doctor. Um, but he told us that morning, he said, I haven't seen a case like this in 20 years. I've been doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he is very, very sick. Um but he said i'm I'm optimistic he will recover um they uh were treating him initially, I think with three different types of antibiotics for the meningitis mm. um they got in contact with a um infectious disease specialist mm-hmm. out of dallas um that he would kind of consult with um so uh Dr. Moyne had a had the infectious disease expert. Um and uh that I I never did learn that doctor's name, but um his recommendation was three weeks of antibiotics, mm-hmm. um, you know, through an IV. Mm-hmm. So he said, you know, you guys are gonna be here a minimum of 21 days, basically.
0: Wow.
1: Um and uh, they they kind of acted like to us. You know, it was gonna be a really hard road of recovery. Um but um well before I get too ahead of myself. So um Ben had a feeding tube because he was um how do they call it when you have the tube in your throat, I forget what they call it. Um it's not an aspirator anyway. Um so he had the tube because he couldn't breathe on his own. Oh a ventilator. Um ventilator, that's ventilator.
0: It. I don't know why my brain couldn't figure that out
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he was on a stuff. ventilator completely on a ventilator um and so he had a feeding tube so obviously he couldn't nurse and um they said the meningitis made makes your whole body hurt mm-hmm. and so um I could I couldn't even touch him still um they they would have what they called touch time mm-hmm. um where you know every so often they would change his diaper um and they would they would do everything kind of at once to limit how much he had to be touched yeah and so um that was the only time i really got to interact with him. Mm. so during touch time they would let me change his diaper um uh-huh. and then they would let me do little things like take his temperature um and are you uh, able to
0: touch him at this point so when you change I, your diapers, I, it's okay to touch him.
1: I I could. Um, he was still wrapped up. They had him in this little, I don't know, like a donut looking thing to kind of keep him in place. Okay. And um, and because he was hurting, um, the, I mean they more or less kind of kept him sedated. Yeah. I would say for the first, at least the first forty eight hours. Oh. Um, they were giving him morphine um, along with a couple other things, just because he was in a lot of pain. And, and then if he would kind of come, to, he would just sort of freak out. Um, and that was one of the hardest things for me is when he would kind of wake up, Mm -hmm. um, he would grab at that ventilator and try to pull it out of his little mouth, you know? And, um, I I remember at one point I was, I was sitting there at 10th time and seeing him do that and Mm -hmm. um, tears were just coming down my face and a nurse across from me like wiped my tears away Uh Um, and she's just so sweet um that was probably the hardest thing was just you know you know your baby is miserable and hurting and there's not a thing you can do about it that's awful Uh, I mean absolutely awful
0: that's yeah. all a mama wants to do is try to comfort her baby and, and you know, be the one to take care of her, of yeah. her baby. So I can't imagine having to, which you had an amazing team that was that was helping with him. So that's wonderful, but that's so much trust in them to be able to, you know, like you know, what you're doing and you're taking care of him, but this is my job. Um, yeah, you how your I mama really heart said- felt.
1: The um the NICU staff they they really are wonderful because mm-hmm. I think to to work in that department you have to really love babies you have to and so the the nurses were wonderful and um, I'll talk about one in particular in a bit but um for the, for the most part um they were all really good um and um you know caring with him but um the So, you know, I mentioned earlier, this was going to be kind of my first journey with breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. which I was not getting to do. Um, but the doctor told me, he said, you know, the best thing you can do for him right now is give him your milk. Um, you know, especially, you know, I was still making colostrum at that point. Mm -hmm. And so, um, they wheeled me in a pump and, um, I got a little kit with all the parts in it and at the hospital, they have these pumps, they're, they cost like $2,000. They are fabulous. They (laughs) probably the closest thing you could get to, and to actually a baby nursing. Really? Um, And um, it it was kind of amazing because those, those pumps had, um, had a cycle. So like you would basically just turn it on and you could control the suction. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it would just sort of run a cycle and then you were done hmm. and so in in you know a strange turn of events, that pump kind of taught me what it should feel like to have a letdown to, um to have the sure. um, that you know have the milk come out. and then when I would come home because I would I would pump all day and then um, I was coming home at night to get a little bit of sleep and um, and then I'd pump at home and so when I got home with my more primitive pump, I knew what it was supposed to feel like. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that I kind of learned how to do it in a really strange way. But that's
0: great that you were able to learn because you didn't get to have him to, you know, actually have him at the breast at that time at all. Right. So I'm sure that was difficult to be able to even get your body to respond. Um, well, yeah,
1: it was tough. And, but it's, it was a, a, a blessing in a way because pumping gave, gave me a purpose Mm -hmm. in a situation where I felt really helpless. Mm -hmm. It was something that I really think it kept me sane because Uh I thought I can't do, I cannot do anything for him right now, except pray and do this. Mm -hmm. And, and so I just set my mind to that, you know, just pumping good, you know, every two to three hours. And, um, and that was just my mission, you know, while I was there, I thought this is a way I can help him is to do this. I love and that. So I would pump, and they would uh, pull whatever I could get, you know, which is not much those first couple of days. Yeah, they, yeah. They would take whatever I could get, and they would uh, pull it up in a syringe, and then they would give it to him in his feeding tube.
0: Mm.
1: So, um, but it was it was really amazing because he just defied everyone's expectations (laughs) um in something that they really expected to probably take the entire time we were there Mm -hmm. he he improved so rapidly um we're just every day he was making these huge strides um to where i think it was i think it was by day four um they were already pulling him off of oxygen
0: wow
1: um the the doctor was, I mean, he didn't he was not expecting that at all. Um and they just they came in one day and he had he had the ventilator in and um all of a sudden they realized he was breathing over the ventilator. He just oh, he yay. didn't need it. And so they pulled that out. Um they switched him to the little nose nose oxygen. Mm-hmm. And even that he just kept that for maybe a day, um, kind of as a precautionary. And mm-hmm. um, but then even that by day five, he was off oxygen completely. Wow. Um, it was just, it was amazing. And so, yeah. um, by, by that point, um, the doctor said, okay, well, let's get him on a breast. Um, and he was, uh, he was really excited to get him on the breast because what I came to find out was that, um, Breastfeeding, or what he told me, was that breastfeeding is a really complicated uh, motor function to mm-hmm. be able to suck and breathe, you know, all at the same time. Yes. And, um, you know, with meningitis, um, one of the complications can be, um, you know, loss of your motor functions. Mm-hmm. And so um, they put him on and I thought he's not going to be able to do it. You know, he's he hasn't nursed in a week. You know, there's no way. Mm-hmm. And he latched on just immediately. Oh, I it. Just, just beautifully. I was so happy, and the doctor was just ecstatic. He was like, "Okay, I think he's going to be okay, because if wow. he can, if he can do this, I don't, I don't see him having any sort of brain damage." Wow, um, so it's just amazing. And the um, just like the prayer network
0: mm-hmm. that we
1: had, it was um, just. You know almost the every church in town i think might have been praying for him uh and out of town i know lots of, of churches town. that were
0: praying out of town
1: yes yeah. and um on the radio um on a christian radio station they were praying for him oh, um, love it. It, i mean i you know and i believe that, that god just healed him and he healed him mm-hmm. in a big way um it, and it was just it was spectacular you know i just i loved to to um give people reports and just say, you know, just see what God is doing. You know, it's just, it's amazing.
0: It is absolutely just, again, like we said, you know, all the right people just in the perfect spot where they needed to be to help in the journey of everything that happened with Ben just amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: how was that affected um, so how many days did he stay total in the hospital
1: so he was he was twenty one days in the hospital. He only had to do his exact twenty one huh yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: it was wonderful um mm-hmm. well, how did you transition to life at home with him
1: um so the the biggest thing when we came home i th- I think he might have had some anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, um pretty much that whole first week, he was cluster feeding almost nonstop. I'm sure. Um, which, you know, was fine with me because I'd you know, because of everything we had been through, I was more than happy for the closeness. Mm-hmm. Um, but he <laughs> he almost hardly never left the breast, even even at night. Um I think I was sleeping in my rocking chair a lot. Aww. Um but uh you know, over Over time, he just, you know, gradually um, became more and more comfortable. And, um, you know, he just loves his his sister and um, having her hold him and everything. She's like his second mom, almost. Yeah. How Um, did she
0: deal? Because I know we kind of mentioned that she was with you um, when you had come to your appointment um, at the birth center. Do you mind me asking how, how did she handle all that? Cause that was a lot for a little girl to see happen in front of her.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it was pretty traumatic for her. Um, and she, she's kind of one of those kids who doesn't open up a whole lot about yeah. stuff. Yeah. So it, it may even be one of those things where she doesn't tell me until she's older, you know, mom. Right, for this, sure. This is what I was feeling. Um, but when we were in the hospital, she definitely voiced a lot of frustration because in oh. NICU, they don't allow anyone under 18, uh, COVID or no COVID. Oh, that's um, hard. That's just one of their health restrictions because um, they said young young kids get sick so much. For sure. And yeah. um, they just can't have that risk. Um, and yeah. it's, it's pretty, it's pretty sterile up there in NICU. Yeah. It makes sense
0: went. for sure, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that was so difficult on her.
1: It, went, it was tough. And, um, you know, I was gone almost all the time. I was coming home very little because mm-hmm. I was, especially once he started nursing at the hospital, I was up there nursing him as much as possible. That's great. Um, One of the um, nice things they had up at the NICU was they actually had a uh, family counselor. Mm -hmm. And so um, that lady would come in and um, she would um, talk to me a lot about Abby and um, maybe kind of how to handle some conversations with her. Um, They would send things home for her. So they put together like a a big sister bag for her with lots of goodies in it. Um, they made a picture book for her where it was kind of like a picture tour of the NICU. Nice. And she loved that. And so, you know, little things like that kind of helped. Um, and then I would try to make a schedule where I was at least coming home for a family dinner and then, you know, maybe I would go back to the hospital for a while and come back, Mm um, yeah, it was it was really hard on her, and you know, especially she was so excited to have a sibling. Yeah, um, and then just sort of just have that ripped away all of a sudden was yeah. really tough. I remember or, how emotional she was when he was born.
0: It was so yeah. sweet, such a, a such a sweet relationship with a big sister. Just you know, so excited to see her baby brother and be that part of it, and and. I can't imagine how difficult that was for her to then be separated from him for so long.
1: So. Yeah, she's a trooper, though. Oh, she is. She she really, you know, hung in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we brought him home, she she like banned all visitors for a week. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> I don't I just blame her. To
0: myself, <laughs> I don't blame her one bit for sure. Yeah, I got to make up some time. Mm-hmm. so after you guys came home you said he he cluster fed a lot how did how was life different which you didn't get much time at home with him before he ended up in the NICU right. um was there anything that you had to do with him special or anything like that
1: no um good we really didn't it was like um you know when he was when he was healed he was healed and yeah yeah. um he was just i mean he was just like any other baby and um with with bacterial meningitis Mm -hmm. um the the things that can go wrong is like i said they can lose their motor skills um one of the big things is they can go deaf Mm -hmm. um they can get fluid on the brain and So before we left the hospital, they checked all those things and everything was completely normal. Um, Mm. They even took him for a brain scan. Everything came back normal. What a miracle. Yes. I mean, God just works works a miracle in him. I mean, for him to, I mean, especially for him to be that sick, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we're now looking back. I think that, that even the staff thought he may not make it, but they never told us that you know, mm-hmm. um, to, to come from being that bad to he's completely fine, you know, is just wow. a God thing.
0: Absolutely. And, it, uh, it it absolutely isn't him putting everybody in place that need to be where they were and just, uh, wow. It's just miraculous that quick healing too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't even know. Like yeah. I just remember praising with everybody like, Oh my word. Every day, everybody would ask me for an update.
1: How's the baby? How's the baby? You know? Yeah. It was amazing. And, um, and I, I want to say, because I, I get questioned about this is that he, he didn't get sick because I had a natural birth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important for people listening to know, um, what, what I mean, you know, but for those listening, right. what yeah, what sure. happened is um I had a um you have to tell me what the bacteria is called. Uh, um group B strep. Group B strep. Um I had group B strep and he caught that as he came out of the birth canal. Um, but we had tested for that before he was born. Um as a matter of fact, we tested two different ways. Um we did a urine test. Um, well, she did it. We did a swab and then mm-hmm. she also sent off for a culture. Yeah. So we tested two different ways and they were both negative. They were. Um, and so the doctor said, uh, the hospital, the only thing they can think of is that I became positive somewhere between, because it was only two weeks before my birth. Yeah. I was going to say but it was somewhere pretty quick
0: between it days. was really
1: close. And he said, just somewhere in that two weeks, um, I became positive for the group, B strap. And so it's so unusual because
0: the standard pro protocol is, is what we did and beyond. Um, so it's just, it's just one of those things that I know there was nothing that we could do about that.
1: Yeah. There was just, you know, it was just no way to know. Right. Um, Yeah. And, you know, you might could go your, the rest of your you know, your midwife journey and never see another case like it. Um, so true. I, I actually think I looked it up and babies that actually get that, it's like, it's something like one in 10,000. It's mm-hmm. so rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, anyway, I, I, I have a hard time being, looking back and being any sort of um, bitter about the experience because I just, I feel like, um, I'm able to glorify God through it, and um, you know, just have this testimony to share with people, um, you know, about how how mighty He is, and and um and just the amazing things that He can do, and all the ways that He works, and um, just the way that He used the the hospital staff, and um you know, all the the people that He sent into our lives. It's mm-hmm. just really incredible.
0: It absolutely is just, just the whole process, everything that happened. I mean, you could have come away from it traumatized completely, um, mm-hmm. because it was very traumatic. There was a lot, yes. um, that came with it. So I love that you've turned that around and just glorifying the Lord and praising him, um, in, in the whole process. That's amazing. Seriously. That's just so wonderful, so how is he now?
1: Uh, he is just thriving he's he's just doing mm. amazing and um, um he's just getting so fat he can't hardly keep him in clothes oh, um, how old is he now he, yeah. so he's let's see today's the tenth so he's about five and a half months um he weighs about eighteen pounds Yay. and, <laughs> and sitting up and jabbering and um, he's That's just wonderful. so, so interested in the world, you know, he's really getting at that stage where he just, he's, he wants to grab at everything and he's watching everything and just, you know, you can see his little mind is just mm-hmm. soaking everything in. So it's just, it's amazing, you know, it's wonderful. Then, Boy,
0: I wonder um, what God has in store for him.
1: <laughs> I know, you know, we, we talk about that. We're like, man, he, God must have some really big plans for him. For <laughs> sure. He's not going to, you know, turn him loose. Yeah. To have such an
0: amazing story to start with at the beginning that I'm sure you're going to tell him, you know, as he gets older, like you are an amazing oh, yeah. fighter, you know, look what you've already gone through. And yeah, that's, that's just wonderful. I'm I'm so thankful that you came on the podcast to share with everyone, because that's just an incredible story and journey that you have been on and, and little Ben has been on. So I really appreciate you you coming on the podcast. If there's any other um, mamas out there that have experienced anything like that, or or if something like that happens with them, is there any tips, advice, or any word that you would like to share with them?
1: So, I mean, somebody who might be experiencing that currently, or yeah, yeah,
0: or has experienced it, in the way they might can look at it a little differently.
1: Sure. Well. You know, there, there are some upsides to it. And, um, you know, once you do get your, your baby home, you just appreciate them so mm-hmm. much more. Mm-hmm. And you, you just treasure all those moments, you know, when, when you spend time, and I mean, there's lots of, of moms whose babies have to go to NICU for a while, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're born prematurely, or, or for whatever reason. Um and some babies have to be in an incubator, which he didn't um, at any point. You did not have to be in mm-hmm. an incubator, um, but when you spend that time not being able to hold your baby, once you're able to, you just treasure that so For much. Sure. Like oh. I, you know, I could just sit and hold them all day long <laughs> mm. <laughs> if I didn't have other just you know, things I have to do. Um, but you just think that's just the greatest gift is to be able to hold them. And you don't want to take
0: that time for granted because, you know, yes, you know, you just soak
1: up those minutes and, you I, and I would say that's maybe the best way to look at it is, is, you know, if you do have to go through that hospital experience, that it's, it's just going to teach you how much that baby means to you, Mm -hmm. you know, their value. (laughs) Yeah. Just their, their value and, um, you know, their, their little lives and how precious Precious they are, yeah. Um, you'll just you'll really come to appreciate it, mm. and uh, our wonderful medical um, advancements as well. That's true. Appreciate yeah. those. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even from I mean, let just from the beginning, from just getting having oxygen and being able to get oxygen right. on him so quickly, and then all the other advancements. You know, as he went and had to get more and more stuff done. I mean, it's just. It's a wonder, all these amazing minds that God gave people to be able to figure out all these different things that to, to help us. And that's just so neat how he used all of that to really show us all an amazing miracle in Ben and, you know, work in your life. And you guys will absolutely never forget it.
1: No, and uh, it's it's kind of amazing at the hospital, they did this thing for him called the Beads of Courage, mm-hmm. um, which is basically every day that he was there, um, any sort of trial he had to, to go through, whether it was, you know, a lumbar puncture, because he actually ended up having to have multiple of those, lumbar puncture, oh. a treatment, a phys- he had physical therapy, because he had to just lay in that bed so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything like that, and they would give him a bead. And so by the time you leave, you know, he's there three weeks. So he has this enormous strand of beads and um, you get a little card that tells what each bead represents. So when he gets bigger, you can actually use the beads to tell him his story. Thank you for
0: listening. May you be encouraged and strengthened by what you've heard today. Remember, you are dearly loved by your creator. So be who he created you to be. May you go in peace, friends. Till next time. Shalom.